Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of glory of God. That scripture is coming from Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. So I kind of take that as there are benefits to being right with God and keeping your faith within God. You you find peace within yourself. Doesn't mean that, you know, you won't face hardships throughout your life because we have to do that to constantly grow. But when those situations do arise, you're at peace knowing that God is there to protect you and, you know, make sure that you can get through this phase in your life and this storm. Okay, so that's how I kind of interpret this scripture um but let's get into the episode from this clip can you guys guess what career we're going to be talking about today Brittany this is not a democracy it's a cheerocracy I'm sorry but I'm overruling you thank you guys and welcome back to another episode I'm here interviewing with Candace today and she wears so many hats y'all um I found her explore page on Instagram and I was like okay she dances okay she can dance then i'm scrolling again i was like software engineer okay that's interesting so i was like i have to get her on the show so welcome candace how are you today i'm doing very well thank you so much uh for having me i'm so excited um yeah i'm just really excited to chat with you and just be real and be straight up about everything All right, so let's get into it. Like I said before, you wear a lot of hats. So Mm -hmm. tell the (laughs) listeners a little bit about your job descriptions and your passions. Yeah, so as a high level, um, I am full-time. I'm a senior software engineer for Ernst & Young, um, working on federal government contracts, writing code for them. And then part-time, so in my spare time after work, um, I'm an NFL cheerleader, and I've been cheering for the Washington Redskins for the past five seasons, where I um, serve as a captain and was voted into the NFL Pro Bowl in 2019. So I'm a Pro Bowler for the Washington Redskins as well. So those are my two main jobs and then every now and then I'll teach ad hoc kind of adult heels dance classes or fitness classes around the DC Maryland Virginia area Um, and those are just you know they just kind of pop up when they pop up something that I kind of want to dive into maybe when I retire from Redskins um, a little more in my free time. That's a lot. Okay, so which came first, um, being an NFL cheerleader or you starting your career as a software engineer? That's so funny. I actually, I started both of those jobs at the same month. So I, I graduated from college in 2016, um, which is also the year that I auditioned for the Redskins. So I want to mm-hmm. say it was like um, May 2016 was when I first started to work full time. It was also the first month that I started to work for the Redskins. So it was a lot of changes at once you know like even graduating from college like that's a big adjustment period for you and then you jump into working full-time getting used to that then to put on top of that you know uh working for the nfl it it low-key was a lot going on in may 2016 but i think that probably was the best kind of option for me to get both of them out the way at the same time so i can start to figure out a schedule see what works for me 
Um, especially in terms of commute as well, because DC traffic is no joke. <laughs> so figuring out having to get to work, you know, work nine to five and then go back to the stadium from six to midnight and figure out my sleep schedule. All that happened all at once, which was a lot at first, but I feel like it was beneficial in the end. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's whew. You got I it. <laughs> <laughs> I look back at that time and I'm like, oof, that was a lot, girlfriend. But like I said, I felt like it needed to happen. Like, if anything, I, I needed to jump into those two career paths at the same time and not even think about it and just, you know, get all the rough patches out the way because there was rough patches. Because again, you're trying to figure out yourself, your schedule, your lifestyle, um, and just kind of get it all the way, get, get it all out the way at the same time, I think was probably the best case scenario, even though at the time it didn't feel like it. <laughs> so you graduated college with um, a degree in computer science. So did you always know that you wanted to be a software engineer? No. Oh my gosh. I never like grew up thinking that I wanted to code or be an engineer of any sort. I actually grew up um, wanting to be a veterinarian because I just really like animals. And then like, mm -hmm. as you get into like high school, you realize that veterinarians have to be in school for forever. Like, <laughs> right. And like med school for vets is so tedious. And I was like, hey, you know, that's just not the lifestyle I want to live. Like I want to be in and out of college. Um, and I always kind of had a natural aptitude for math. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, funny story, <laughs> back when I was in like middle school, early high school, MySpace was hot. So like I was all on MySpace like every other teenager, you know, the, the back end for MySpace is HTML code. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, like I want to make my MySpace page really pop in. Like I want to add this feature. So I will go online and look up these you know, scripts that I would see on the internet and just add that so I can have my music here or a dancing, you know, a dancer here in the corner for my MySpace page, not knowing that that's code. You know what I mean? I didn't right. care that it was cool. I just wanted to make a cool MySpace page. And then um, my dad, who's also a software engineer, um, he was like, hey, you know, you should try that. Again, you have a natural aptitude for math. You know, that's kind of what um, software could be. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I never took coding classes in high school, unfortunately, never did any camps or anything like that. I had no computer experience except MySpace. <laughs> so I, I was like, all right, fine. I have no other choice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I took the intro class and quickly realized that uh, coding is not like MySpace. It's actually a lot more intricate. <laughs> I was just looking up stuff on the internet for MySpace, but then like once I started to get into programming classes and learning the actual logic behind software systems i was like okay wait what what i get myself into but luckily i had my dad as a free tutor which really helped me all four years because again i had no prior coding experience um so i just stuck with it and four years later somehow i ended up with a degree and that's literally how it happened <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so i don't know anything about coding programming that's fair so can we get like a a mini, you know, software engineer slash coding for dummies? Sure. <laughs> yes. So a lot of people, when I tell people that I'm a software engineer, I either get like one or two questions and they're always like, oh, like, do you make websites? And I'm like, uh, kind of, but not really like I could. Or mm -hmm. people say, oh, you're, you're like, you're in IT. And it's like, also yeah kind of but not really 
Yeah, so like if you think about, um, you know, your favorite app or your phone, let's just say, you know, we were talking about Uber earlier, Uber. So there's a lot of logic that you have to think of when making these apps. So what we see as a user, we see this, we click on the app, we see the, the interface where we see a map and a car and request wide, whatever. And you mm-hmm. see that the pin is on your location, but there's code behind that to pull down your location from your phone and then, you know, alert a nearby driver and get that logic and tell them, hey, come pick up Tierra or hey, come pick up Candace. And she wants, you know what I mean? She needs to go to the grocery store, wherever that grocery store is. So there's logic behind those apps to pull down that information and relay it to either you, the user, or, um, you know, in this case, like the driver and stuff like that. So that's where software engineers come in, where we have to kind of, not kind of, but actually decipher that logic and write it in a language that um, either an iPhone or an Android or computer can decipher to spit that back out and make that readable for um, the customer. So wow. it's basically like the, the skeleton of uh, what we see in apps in websites too, for sure. It works the same way and in software behind your computer. You know what I mean? Like if you open up Microsoft Word, there's software behind that. So when you click that that blue square with the W, it opens up and it displays a blank page for you already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's all software code. And this is what I work on full time. Wow. I never really paid attention to like, like granted, I know that, you know, things have to develop. We can't just mm-hmm. press the button, but actually like realizing that you guys have to come up with these equations and these codes yeah. to actually get it to work for each case scenario, you know, that's, that seems cool, but that seems like something that I could not do. It, <laughs> Math it, is it not my subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely takes like a mental um, adjustment to make because you have to think like a computer, but also a human at the same time. And that's so weird to say. Like, obviously, think like a computer so you can um, write this code that the computer, because the computer is going to tell you exactly what you wanted to do. Like if I tell the computer to shut down, that's exactly what it's gonna do. Or if I tell the computer to press space, it's gonna press space. So that's a good and a bad thing. If I make a mistake in my code, it's gonna reflect that mistake on the computer. Cause the computer's not gonna be like, hey, did you really mean to press that? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but you also have to think like a human where, you know, if I'm holding my th- holding my phone, my thumb is on the lower end. So that makes the buttons easier to access at the bottom versus putting a button at the top where a human would have to reach their finger to press. So like things like that, you have to think like a human, okay, a human is holding this phone. I should put all of my important buttons at the bottom because that's where their thumb is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So things like that make it hard to like also think like a human and think like a computer. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So I was doing a little bit of research before our interview and um, there's a thing called coding bootcamp. So what's yeah. the difference between doing the coding bootcamp and getting a, a degree? Um, I think those, I did those a lot during school to help like um, stay sharp with my skills. I think they're great tools to start to see if you're interested in coding or if that's a hobby that you kind of want to pick up on because a lot of those skills that they go over in coding boot camps are your introductory programming classes in college or in high school. Those same concepts are in those boot camps. So I love those boot camps because they helped me get through my first couple years in undergrad. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But yeah, you know, in terms of the the depth of what they go to, I definitely will can attest that, you know, college will introduce you to more in-depth concepts and languages. But I think Mm -hmm. to start and to get your brain to start functioning like a programmer, those boot camps are perfect. In fact, I love to recommend, you know, young people to start using those boot camps to see like, hey, like software engineering is not a boring career it's a very possible career like hey try this start these simple programs and then you know see if that's something that you can possibly be passionate about or find yourself a career in so i i I love those coding boot camps but i just think college you know it just goes a little more in depth you know for obvious reasons right right so clearly you've graduated college you are working in your industry um as a software engineer um, so once you graduated, what was the process like in trying to find a job in that field? Yes. Oh, what a time. <laughs> so, oh, I do not miss that. Um, I, I will start by saying I was very fortunate. My um, job, my job search path was very positive. Um, I actually got an offer to work full time my junior year of college. Um, so I was able to kind of surf through senior year knowing that I had someone waiting on me at the, at the end of the road. But um, <laughs> right. uh, I still, I still, even with the offer on the table for a year, I still interviewed with a lot of companies and applying for interviews for software positions is very different than a lot of the career paths where like, you know, normal interviews are kind of like this, like what I, how I'm talking to you, like, hey, tell me about a time where, you know, you solved this problem or tell me about a time when, you know, your team did X, Y, and Z. I think that's kind of how most interviews are like, but software developer interviews, it's like, uh, it's you, you write code, you hand, you hand write code on a, a whiteboard in front of somebody who says, hey, okay, write a program. I have this problem, write a program that'll solve it. And they just kind of mm-hmm. watch you write the code on the whiteboard from scratch. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm hand, hand writing this, which is not, realistic because I always code on the computer and the computer helps you but handwriting code um yeah handwriting code is very intimidating but it's a common practice um within the software engineering uh industry especially for interviewing because they want to see you know what can you come up off the top of your head we got a customer that has a problem right now and it's urgent especially if you're interviewing for companies like um you know, airlines or even Uber, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's things that have to happen fast and immediately. How fast can you come up with a solution off the top of your head? So I think that's the, the, the background behind those type of interviews. So I did those, those are very stressful. In my opinion, not very fun, but <laughs> luckily things worked out. And I got an offer uh, from Booz Allen Hamilton, actually straight out of college, uh, working as a junior software engineer. So I worked for them for about two years, I believe. And then I transitioned to um, another consulting company, Ernst & Young, which is where I am now. So does each company or uh, each consulting agency, um, do they specialize in certain um, programs or projects? Yeah, absolutely. So we um, call them sectors. So they're, all the companies that we serve are either private or public sectors. Um, private meaning they're private companies, uh, like, uh, for lack of an example, the NFL or the Disney Channel or American Airlines. Like these are public companies that you know maybe they have a problem with their database 
and they're reaching out to Ernst & Young to hire some developers to help them write a better solution to organize their database. Or it can be in my case, like I work for the, uh, I'm contracted to the federal government. Mm-hmm. All government contracts are, are private. Um, um, yeah, are private. So that's when, you know, if the gov- a government um, component reaches out and says, hey, you know, we would really like some organization or a solution for this they also can reach out to companies like Ernst & Young to hire developers to find a solution for that. So your projects can go from, you know, very structured government contracts to very um, ad hoc requests for something like Lululemon. So it just depends on what you want. You know, some people like to work um, within like the government boundaries. So some people like to work on a little more different tasks for, for stuff like the NFL or Lululemon. So depends wow i didn't know all that that's yeah <laughs> i'm learning a little something today all right. yeah I, that's, the, that's the best thing about consulting is that you can kind of like choose like you have a job within a job so technically i'm not gonna do this but <laughs> technically i can like um quit my role as working being a contractor for the federal government and go apply to work as a developer for the Disney Channel. And, but I'm still working for Ernst & Young. So I don't have mm-hmm. to go through another job interview process. I just kind of, Ernst & Young will take care of that process. They'll send my resume to the Disney Channel and be like, hey, like we have this talented developer that would you know like to help you for your problem. And they take care of that. So I don't have to keep um, quitting and reapplying for a job in consulting. Mm-hmm. So that's the okay. benefit to that. Okay. So with the contracts um, and the different projects that you're assigned and take on, how long mm-hmm. does one project usually last? Oh, they can last really, really long, especially government ones. They typically last minimum a year, two years, depending on the task. You can stay on it for the duration of the, the contract length. Or like I said, you can I can leave tomorrow if I'm happy, you know, uh, unhappy. Um, so it just depends. That's the good thing about federal contracts, whereas mm-hmm. um, uh, public contracts, they, private contracts, I'm sorry, they're a little more, um, not shaky, because I feel like shaky has a negative connotation, but they, they can end a little shorter and a little less notice. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Wow. I'm just like <laughs> taking all this in because like this is really an interesting job. I think most people they hear, oh, someone's a software engineer or yeah, yeah they're a coder and think like they have to be like a nerd or <laughs> you know, yes. like not uh, socially available and Oh my gosh, yes. That bothered me for a long time. Cause again, I started coding in college, so I was already kind of quote unquote behind. And then like I'm a black woman. And also I was a cheerleader in college. So like you know what I mean? Like I just wasn't I was different and I knew that and I was scared that um the industry wouldn't take well to that stereotype. Again, mm-hmm. being black, being a female and being feminine about my you know, about myself. Right. Um and it it, it definitely like st- like I have to be strong enough now for that that stuff to not take a toll on me. Um, but yeah, that, that stereotype is very real and it's very ingrained in just like the overall tech culture, unfortunately. Mm. Well, I'm glad that you are one to break that barrier because I think I have a lot of friends cause I'm a senior in college. 
um, Mm -hmm. that talk about, oh, I would want to be a software engineer. You know, I hear they make good money or that seems Mm -hmm. like a long lasting career to have. But then they're like, well, I don't see anybody like me, you know, (laughs) doing stuff like that. Or I don't hear anybody saying that they have a career and that they enjoy doing that so that's why I'm kind of glad that once this episode airs that some of my friends you know I'm like hey click the link listen to her because this yes. she's doing it like yes and it's that's never very too late. real yeah I'm one of my favorite quotes um is that and I apply this quote to engineering and to cheer actually is that you can't be what you can't see and I'm very fortunate that I had my dad like you know what I mean when I was early in undergrad my dad was my tutor and of course like he's a black man um, in software engineering and if I didn't have him as not just a tutor but a guidance of someone who has been successful and got their degree and is working I probably would have chosen another major because it got very difficult um, and then without his help I, I probably wouldn't have got my degree so I'm very fortunate in that sense but I still think that's kind of sad you know what I mean like I only had that one person to to you know look off of when you know my counterparts they have a whole industry to look at you know what I mean like right. I can't I can't sit here and name you know five people that can be like oh yeah like I looked up to them in college when things got low and I wasn't sure you know what I mean I just really had my dad unfortunately so I, I, I very much so understand the sentiments that your friends are saying unfortunately but um Hope it all changes soon. Yeah, I think it will. We're <laughs> we're a so. different generation, so we're kind of it's taking a little bit for us to step out and kind of do things that aren't in our norm, but mm-hmm. it's getting there. So I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm hoping. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're gonna make a transition to your other hat that you wear so yeah so gracefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> being an NFL cheerleader so Mm -hmm. I know that you had a lot of dance background but for someone who would possibly want to be an NFL cheerleader how important is it to have a dance background to become an NFL cheerleader yeah that's a great question um I think it also it's very important to remember that you know we the big umbrella is that we're professional cheerleaders so like we're getting paid for the work that we do so they expect excellent work you know just like any other job when you interview they expect you to have xyz credentials and to do excellent work because you're getting a check out of this (laughs) so the nfl and the nba is no different so i definitely think having a skill set at least a basic skill set to be a dancer but I think it's, it's good but I think the most important thing about the NFL being an NFL cheerleader is being an entertainer because there's beautiful dancers that come through auditions great technique great resume but it's the difference between being a dancer and being an entertainer especially because people are the people in the stands are just regular people they're not dancers so like they don't see necessarily all the techniques they just want to see okay who catches my eye? Who catches my attention? Who holds my attention? And that's what an entertainer does. So if you don't have the most dance experience or the best technique, that's when you have to start to overcompensate your entertainment factor. Cause you're on an NFL field with hundred yards and 80,000 people staring at you. You know what I mean? So like you have to be able to hold attention. Um, and okay. I think that's the most important part outside of dancing. So what are some of your um, dance experiences and part of your dance background? Yeah, um, I've been dancing since I was three years old. 
I did the normal studio um, dance stuff, uh, like ballet, tap, jazz, the normal, every little girl when they're young. Um, and then I want to say around like my preteen years, I started to incorporate hip hop training. And then um, when I was in high school, I was accepted into the Debbie Allen Dance Academy in LA. So I spent a few months in LA by myself training with Debbie Allen, which is something that I will always cherish. And I learned so much there in California. Uh, I came back, um, I started studying Vaganova Ballet, which is a really strict Russian ballet um, study. So I did that mm -hmm. for a few years um, up until I finished high school. And then I went to the University of Maryland, which is when I first started to discover game day uh, entertainment. So cheering, where I joined the Maryland dance team. Did that for um, about four years. Halfway through my senior year, I decided I wanted to try the NFL. You know, that's that's a big thing. But I was like, let me just try. And I did. I auditioned for the Redskins and made it on my first try. And that's what I've been doing with dance ever since um, for the past five seasons. And now I feel like I'm at the point in my career where I can start to teach. So I mm -hmm. teach like cheer, uh, heels. I really love heels dancing and um, also like other technical styles of dance like jazz and, and stuff like that. So what was so, the audition circle. process like? Oh, for, for Redskins or for like Maryland? Which for one? Redskins. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Auditioning to be an NFL cheerleader is very different. I will be completely honest. Because you're auditioning not just to be a cheerleader, but to be an ambassador for the National Football League. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of girls need to, you know, keep that in mind that you're interviewing for a job where it's always going to be on your forehead for the rest of your life. Like people... You know, if I stop cheering for the Redskins today, people are still going to be like, oh, that's Candace, the Redskins cheerleader. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so when you audition, of course, we consider dancing. It's about a two week long process, which is a lot, um, where every day you come into the studio pre-quarantine, <laughs> you come into the <laughs> studio and um, audition. They teach you a dance on the spot. You spit it back on the spot. Um for every day for about two weeks. We also have about a photo shoot round because we want to see how girls are comfortable in front of the camera because we do we take so many photos, not just on the field, but for our promotional materials, for our magazines, for our calendar, for our website. So we have to be able to find a, a, a woman who is comfortable in the camera that can get the shot really quickly and not have to rely on you know, editing or, or Photoshop or too much time or too much makeup, too much hair. We need a girl who can get the shot and move on to the next task. Um, so that's a part of the audition process. Um, we also like women who are well-rounded. So we don't like just a pretty face. We don't like just a beautiful body or a great dancer. You have to be able to speak well. You have to have some substance. You know, we, we employ people who are students, who are employees, who are mothers, who are, you know, business owners. So like, the Redskins likes people who have something else going on. In fact, we only hire women who have something else going on. You have to either have a job, a, a degree, or be a mother to be a Redskins cheerleader. Um, so yeah, like you just, it sounds bad. Oh, and it's not bad because a lot, a lot of girls have this, they just don't know. You have to be the full package. And a lot mm -hmm. of women already have the full package. So it's not a hard thing to accomplish. We just don't 
uh, naturally think of that. You know what I mean? Like we, a lot of women already qualify for that, but we just like we need to do better of tooting our own horn. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just takes a while but to yeah. tap into it, but <laughs> yeah, you have to own it. You know what I mean? But like if you if you going out on an NFL stadium with eighty two thousand people in you know four inches of fabric, you have to own that. I mean, there's no way around it. Like you if. To be an NFL cheerleader, you have to be super secure because there's going to be people on the internet saying things. There's going to be people in your face at the games when they're, you know, under the influence saying things. You have to be a strong enough woman to take that and know that what you're doing is what you love to do. And that's on period. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So what should one consider before trying out for a team? Yeah, I think my, what I always tell people is make sure that um, your support system is set up. Uh, being an NFL cheerleader means that, that your life revolves around the football season for six to nine months out of the year. Meaning like, when like, so tomorrow I get an NFL schedule and I literally can plan, I have to plan my life around that. Um, so you're you're going to miss out on birthday parties. You're going to miss out on vacations because you have rehearsal before, you, or you have a game, or you know what I mean. You're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices, or you're even going to miss out on sleep because practices run late, or or what have you. Um, so you have to have a support system that can have your back um, when stuff like that's happened. So like, for example, when I first started to work as a software engineer and I first got on Redskins, so like May 2016, um, my schedule was really difficult. We're like, I was struggling to find time to have dinner, like because oh, wow. traffic was so bad. Yeah, but I, I had a support system in place to where like my friends would bring me a lunch or a dinner to the stadium and have it there before practice that I can quickly munch on while I'm getting dressed. So like stuff like that, where people can kind of pick up where you fall because there's going to be times, especially your first year where um, life balance and time management is difficult. And even outside of that, um, your mental health, you know what I mean? Like you need a support system to cheer you on when your workouts get hard or your diet is stagnant, you know what I mean? Right. Or your actual your actual job, you know, is is getting on your nerves and you don't want to bring that energy into practice. So you need a friend, a family, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever to kind of be your shoulder to cry on because there's going to be moments where you have to cry and that's perfectly okay. That's healthy. So I tell ladies, your support system needs to be on lock before you even consider auditioning. And then second, do your research. Like you said, every NFL team is different. Every culture is different. Um, see what the girls on that team currently are like, what they look like, what they do, how they act. Stalk them on Instagram, stalk them on Twitter, and just kind of see like, hey, like, do I mold into their culture? Is this something that I can be happy with for the next, you know, 12 months out of my life? Um, and if that's yes, then absolutely go for it and do what you need to do based off what those girls look, act, and do. Um, but yeah, just, just do your research like any other job. You know how like corporate jobs, you go on LinkedIn, you send them a message like, hey, like, do you love working here? Do right. the same thing for the NFL. It's a job. It's a job just like any other job. So take the same precautions. So how has your, you said five years you've been for, with the Redskins, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going into my fifth season now. So how has it been rewarding for you? Have you experienced um, new opportunities from this? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I've met 
I've met some of my best friends. I've met so many people. I've had so many opportunities, like just because of the platform of being um, associated with the Redskins, associated with the NFL brings me. Um, I've been able to do really awesome interviews like this and just kind of tell my story and just to work on my personal brands and also, you know, like better my fitness, better my health, um, find a balance in my life. So like there's even like internal blessings that come with being a cheerleader outside of just like, oh my God, like I get to travel the world or I get to get this, I, I get to get that. Like, but there's also blessings like I've really learned how to be a great teammate. I really learned how to really be a great leader because I have to, you know, be a captain for 36 grown women. Like that's an invaluable thing that you also learn by being a cheerleader. So things like that happen that you don't even realize happen in addition to awesome things like, oh, I get to travel the world for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like right. that is cool too. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So how are you able to combine both of your passions um, as being a coder um, in the STEM field and being a cheerleader? I saw that you volunteer for some nonprofits. Yeah, yeah, I um, I volunteer two ma main nonprofits that I'm really passionate about. Um, one of them is a very unique company, is they're a nonprofit, they're called Science Cheerleaders. And, you know, they're self-explanatory. It's a nonprofit composed of uh, either current pro cheerleaders or former pro cheerleaders that also have STEM careers that they're thriving at. So like I'm, I get to interact with uh, Dolphins cheerleaders who are doctors or Buccaneers cheerleaders who are chemists. And then there's me, like a Redskins cheerleader who's an engineer. And typically we go to like STEM conventions and you know, the draw to us is that like we're in our uniform. So it's like, you know, what are these girls in their sparkly glitter uniforms doing? And then they come <laughs> into our booth so they start talking to us and figure out that, hey, like, we're just like you. We go to work Monday through Friday and do what you do in the lab or in the computer or, you know, in the hospital. But we also have this great opportunity on football Sundays as well. Just to kind of, like we said earlier, kind of shift the industry and how they view us and how mm -hmm. they view the people that are scientists. And then I also, um, this one is really special. I really love to volunteer with Black Girls Code. Um, and they're a nonprofit composed that is aimed to offer uh, STEM classes to young women of color on Saturdays between the ages of nine and 17, um, where they teach. I, I volunteered one time and they were um, learning about robots, like creating a robot. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I would have never had this opportunity when I was 10 years old to create a robot. And I think that's so important, again, to change the 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 tone of the industry of technology because black women non-existent less than one percent of the industry so but if we start these younger young girls at this age of you know nine ten they don't know any better they already fall in love with it they're going to be super secure in themselves when they go to college and choose computer science and even more secure once they get a job offer as a software engineer so that's the whole purpose of black girls code so that's my kind of um Thing to give back and be who I wanted when I was in college. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I yeah, it's a really great, it's really great nonprofit. Yeah, especially the Black Girls Code. Like it's mm -hmm. catered to us specifically, so that's amazing. Exactly. Yeah, and like the the people that are teaching are Black women, so like they see you know 
who they want to be in 20 years right in front of them, helping them. And I think that's such an important, again, goes back to what I said earlier, you can't be what you can't see. But if they see us right then and there teaching them, that fuels their hope and inspires them. So was it, I'm just curious, was it ever an obstacle um, for you to decide how to prioritize and pursue your interests? Um, What advice would you give to someone who's juggling between those? Yeah, um, actually my freshman year at Maryland, I actually came in as a double major, computer science and dance. So before like I was on the dance team and just doing computer science, cause I was like, I love to dance. Mm-hmm. Like I want to study dance. And unfortunately my advisor at the time was, um, you know, not very encouraging. It was like, that's never been done before. She said, that's never been done before. That's not what people do. Like if you want to study computer science, all your time is going to have to devote to computer science. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I dropped <laughs> dance as a major. And you know what? And I, a few years later, I discovered that was BS because now like, no, I may not have studied dance, but I'm working as a professional dancer and also working as a professional software engineer. Like I don't have to be heads down in my computer until two o'clock in the morning because that's the stereotype for coders. That's just, that's not what I'm going to do. And that's not what I've ever done. And I still was able to be successful. Um, So yeah, that kind of really bothered me Um, my freshman year of college, hearing that, you know, being so different, being who I was and having these two separate passions and then being kind of shut down and told to focus on one and to be one thing and not whatever I wanted to be. That was hard. And I was like, and unfortunately I listened to her, um, but eventually it all worked out uh, when I auditioned for Redskins and was able to balance two professional careers. But that is so real um people trying to hone you down into one industry Mm -hmm. um but that's not realistic even even if you know i wanted to quit coding today and wanted to be a full-time dancer that's okay you can go to college and study one thing have a career for however long you want and if you wake up and don't like that anymore go find a career that you do love like i feel like we really enforce this culture of sticking to one career you have to find a career that you have to stick to for your whole life and that's not true (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) we are humans we adapt every day life changes every day our passions change and that's okay you should always be doing something that you love not because you got a degree in it 30 years ago you know what i mean yeah (laughs) it's interesting i I accept the fluidity oh (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you said that because I go to school in Georgia. So it's interesting yeah. to know that all the advisors are the same because, <laughs> because yes. I've, ex- I've experienced so many different advisors um, and they all are. I have one now that's really good, but I mm-hmm. had to switch them because my parents, you know, instilled in me that anything that I want to do, you just go out and you do it. The worst you can do is fail, but at least you try and so I was the type you know when they said well maybe you don't want to do this or I'm like okay um can I find a new advisor because like girl you don't got good energy (laughs) that's interesting to hear Mm -hmm. so before we wrap up um did you have any more advice or any goals that you wanted to share um whether it involves being a coder or being a cheerleader? Um, I think like my biggest advice and something that I like to just like um, circle my life around is like, you don't, 
you, we, especially as women and as black women, one of my favorite things about being a black woman is that we're multidimensional. Um, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You don't have to be this or that or anything. You can be both. You can be one. You can be all three. Like, I think the one of the things I really love about myself of being a coder and being a cheerleader is that I can be smart and sexy and thrive in both spaces. Period. I was never shy. <laughs> yeah. I was never shy about being a Redskins cheerleader in my corporate job which I know some cheerleaders are because they don't want, you know, their employer to know that, you know, this is what they do on the weekends. Yes, we go to some islands and take photos and swimsuits. Like, I, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to sh- shun out that side of me because that's just as much a part of me as being a coder. I can be a professional, go in a meeting, deliver a product, and also go leave and then cheer for the Redskins at 8 p.m., you know what I mean, for a Thursday night football. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do because I think that, you know, you know, society, especially as women, tells us you're either smart or sexy. And that's most of the time never the truth because women are great. Most of the time women are smarter and sexier than, you know what I mean? Like, so I think my biggest advice is to really own own the fact that we are multidimensional and we can be multiple things and thrive in multiple spaces and still be, you know, great women in our communities, in our homes and in our jobs. Ooh, I love it. I love it. That's some good <laughs> Thank advice. You. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no problem. Um, did you want to shout out um, any social media or anything like that? So people yeah. can find where if you, you guys, are. Yeah, if you guys have any questions or just want to chat with me, I'm on Instagram at Candice C. That's C-A-N-D-E-S-S-C-E-E. And I'm also on Twitter at WRC underscore Candice. That's WRC underscore C-A-N-D-E-S-S. I reply to all my comments. I reply to all my DMs. So just shoot me a message if you want to just kiki or if you do have a question, I'm absolutely open to that too on either platform. All right, guys. So of course I have to do the business spotlight. And this week is going to go to Get Waste Lace. Oh, that's a little tongue twister, but y'all work with me, work with me. But um, anyways, this business is all about custom handmade waist beads. So since Georgia's pretty much open back up, you can go to the mall, you can go shopping, you can eat, do all this other stuff. Well, why not have some waist beads? Why not have some anklets? And if you got on shorts, you can add some thigh beads too, because those are all the products that they offer. So if you're interested in finding more about this business, you can go to the Instagram and Facebook, which is Get Waste Laced. And you can also go to their website, which is GetWasteLaced.com. All right, guys. So thank you for tuning into this episode and I will catch you the next time.